I wish I had the knowledge I had now back then, where would I be? But I don't. So I'm going to take it, take what I have. I'm going to throw it all at you guys and see what we can do to help you guys become stronger, faster, safer, and healthier runners 16 weeks from now. If you have ever asked yourself, how do I run a race injury-free or get out of the constant injury cycle, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to Healthy Runner, where I will teach you how to enjoy lifelong injury-free running so you can continue getting in those mental clearing runs and even hitting PRs well into your 40s, 50s, and beyond. My name is Dr. Dwayne Scotty, avid half marathoner, coach, running physical therapist, and founder of Spark Physical Therapy Healthy Runner where we help dedicated runners get stronger, run faster, and enjoy lifelong injury-free running with the perfect online running coach, even if you have been told to stop running with an injury. Learn more about our signature coaching program at programs.sparkyourtraining.com. Make sure you subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or follow the show on Spotify so you don't miss the next episode. Thanks for joining me. Now on to the show. Before we get into this episode, if you are recovering from an injury and you want to make sure you are maximizing your nutrition to become a healthy runner, you'll want to check out Heal from the Amino Company. Later on in this episode, I will tell you more about Heal and how it can help you with your injuries and overall recovery. Or you can check out the research yourself at aminoco.com slash healthy runner. 16-week marathon training for beginners with Coach LaToya. Um, have you committed and signed up for your first marathon? Are you wondering how to run a marathon? Uh, you may have won a lottery for a major marathon. Uh, this might have been like a dream of yours. And you found out you actually got it. And <laughs> this might be like months in advance of your actual race or you might have just like hit that checkout button for your local marathon and it's in like 16 weeks from now. So we're really looking at four months out from your first marathon and you might have a lot of questions. You might be questioning your decision first and foremost, right? <laughs> you might be like, hey, I'm not sure if I could run a marathon or you might be thinking to yourself like, what did I just get myself into? Um, that is what we are here for and we are going to share with you our 16-week marathon training for beginners plan and your our can't miss running tips. So we have this happen and we have all of our athletes that work with us in our Healthy Runner coaching program um, go through and I have the pleasure of welcoming Coach LaToya back on the show um, from our Healthy Runner coaching team. And she's here with me today. And we're going to be taking away the guesswork for you and save mm -hmm. you countless hours of searching on YouTube and Google on conquering marathon training tips for beginners. Thank you so much for joining me. Coach LaToya, what's going on? How are you? I am great. I hope you are. I hope all the listeners are. I hope we're all psyched and anxious to hear all the good information. And you're either going to commit now to get that marathon start started, or you're going to see, I'm on my, the right track. I can do this. And 16 weeks from now, you'll be so proud of yourself. Let's do this. Let's talk. 
let's, let's talk, let's do this. So if you signed up to run your first marathon, or maybe you're coming back for second or thirds and you want to get a PR, um, or you could have been honestly marathoning for quite a while, but you really don't know how to train properly. And you've just been kind of guessing along the way, and you're just not happy with your results so far. So if you want to get faster and not get injured during your training. So you can cross that finish line after 26.2 miles and become a less than one percenter, then this training is for you. So Coach Latoya and I are going to cover, can a beginner train for a marathon in 16 weeks? We're gonna be talking about like mindset, expectations, um, knowing your why. We're gonna get into the actual run plan and how you should structure this. How many times should you run a week for marathon training? How to pace marathon training for beginners? Um, what's the easiest way to run longer without getting tired? Um, we're also going to talk about how should you strength train for your first marathon? Um, we're also going to get into how much should you eat when training for a marathon? And then we need to definitely talk about rest recovery. We're going to talk about gear and like, what do you need to run your first marathon? And then we're going to be talking about marathon race day strategy. So we're covering a lot today. We're going to really like synthesize, like pretty much probably, uh, all of the content that we've had in our first 133 <laughs> episodes wow. of the healthy runner podcast and really package that up for you specifically for the beginner marathoner. So Coach Latoya, you know how we do this. Uh, give all the new listeners in our community a bit about yourself and let them know how many marathons you have personally run yourself. All right. Hey guys, again, thanks for listening. Coach Latoya here. I've been doing this thing for a while, this run thing for, wow, Taylor's 26. I have a 26-year-old daughter and 11-year-old son. I've been running for a really long time, well over 20 plus years. That sounds so bad. Um, <laughs> I've got a lot of experience with those 26 plus years of running and I know what to do, what not to do. And I hope to help get that um, through to a lot of you guys so you don't have to make some of the mistakes that I did. So I've been running. I'm a mom. I'm a Gigi. I have two grandkids. I love coaching. I love helping. I love people shining light on their potential that they didn't see. And it, there, there's nothing better than having somebody do that long run or cross the finish line. And, and just, you can see that, that, that whole light shines so much brighter. They're a different person after they do that. They saw their potential and I want to help everybody see that. So take notes, pay attention guys. This is going to be some good information for us to, uh, to help you get your mind ready and belief that yes, you got this under control. You can handle this. And I, I've had a lot of running experience, but I have run two full marathons, maybe, maybe a third. We're, we're really still thinking, we'll see how that goes. I got 16 weeks to plan for this. So I got plenty of time um, coming up, but I've got oodles of halves, oodles of long run experience, and I am ready to share some of that with you guys. Yeah. And I had the pleasure of uh, being there to cheer you in last year at the Hartford marathon, uh, seeing you complete your second marathon, uh, which was pretty epic. So I love seeing you run under that arch and we uh, cheered you in. That was fun. Um, that was awesome. 
Yeah. And for those that don't know, uh, first off, if you're just finding this training, like for the first time, you're like, who is this guy? Um, I'm Dr. Dwayne Scotty. I'm a running physical therapist, a run coach, and uh, the owner of Spark Healthy Runner, where we really help runners get stronger, run faster, and enjoy lifelong injury-free running uh, with a perfect online running coach. So just like Coach Latoya works with many of our runners in our community, so do many of the other coaches on our team. Um, and I myself have only run one marathon um, and I'm about to run my second marathon on my five-year anniversary. So uh, that is going to be in Hartford, Connecticut uh, this fall. And I'm very excited about that. So that's why we are going to be pumping out a bunch of content specific for the marathon distance. Um, we've done, you know, more episodes in the past and I will reference some of these on, you know, honestly, tips that apply to running any distance. And you can even extrapolate some of the things we're going to talk about today for those running and training for the half marathon. And even, you know, if you are a beginner runner, you're going to be able to get some tips from today, but really I wanted to kind of focus on the marathon itself. We're going to have some future episodes that go into kind of the next level of what we're going to be talking about today. Today's really going to be uh, for the beginner runner, the novice marathoner um, who's looking, like I said, to run your first or maybe second or third. And you're looking, how do I get faster? You know, what are the things I missed when I kind of tried to just like go out there and do some random, you know, runs, maybe you like downloaded a free, you know, spreadsheet on the internet and you were like, okay, I hope this works for me. So today, like what I want to do is provide you some clarity on if, if this, then that, right. And you know, how you make those decisions and how you can make um, some better decisions maybe with your training than you did maybe the first or second time. And this is really going to be based upon, you know, definitely from like a physical therapy standpoint, health standpoint and staying injury-free um, because that's what I kind of specialize in is keeping runners healthy while they train. Cause if you get injured and you're not able to run, you can't run the marathon. Right. Um, so how do we stay healthy? But then how do we actually like give the best race performance that we want. And that goal can be something, you know, totally different um, for each of us. So just kind of keep that in context as we go today. And yeah, I'm looking forward to kind of talking about this because we've had many like runners in our healthy runner coaching program who run their first marathon, run their second, third. And it's just been amazing to like see that huge accomplishment. Less than 1% of the population can run a marathon. I remember my first, even though I made all the mistakes, like every rookie makes and it, like you just like click it off the list. I made it all of them. And this is before I did my run coaching certification. And before we had this podcast where I've been <laughs> learning and growing as a runner myself personally, um, as we've been working with clients and I'm really looking forward to like helping you guys who are really listening to this avoid, right. And learning from our mistakes and being able to do it right. Um, from, from the beginning. So if you're listening to this right now, um, video version, whether you're in our healthy runner, Facebook community, um, or you're watching the replay on our spark healthy runner, YouTube channel, let us know, um, if you're running your first marathon coming up your second or your third. And, um, if, if you're already signed up for your marathon, let us know what, which marathon you are running. Um, that would be cool to see how many people like right now at the time of this recording, guys, um, we are 16 weeks out 
from the New York City Marathon. So that's a pretty popular one here in the Northeast. Um, a lot of people do New York and we have many people in our coaching program, just had one sign up from LA today um, who are flying to New York to do the New York City Marathon, right? It's a pretty epic marathon. And you know, there, there might be some that are listening to this. You know, Maybe they found this video in the fall and they're doing Boston next year for an amazing charity, right? And this is their first marathon. So you might've found this video, but let us know what you're running um, in the comment box below. It's always nice to see, you know, where our listeners are from and what marathons you're running and how many you have run. Um, yeah, it's always, it's always fun to see that. So yeah, why don't we get into this, Coach Latoya? Let's um, do it. So yeah, I guess the first question that I really have for you is, you know, and I titled this episode like 16 week marathon training for beginners, you know, but can a beginner train for a marathon in 16 weeks? Yes. A beginner can train for a marathon in 16 weeks. I think the end results for anybody are, are different, but yes, yes, you can. And the goal of finishing your first marathon is always to cross the finish line. That, that is the goal. So beginner, yes, you will complete 16 weeks and you will finish goal accomplished, reflect and get ready to come back and do another one. But yes, start smart, start now. Um, and, and yes, you can, you can complete this. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think the other thing that I want to add to that is we really, really, really would not be in favor of a couch to 16 week, yeah. uh, marathon training plan, just to be clear. Um, because there might be some of you who are literally not running right now and you're like, Oh, can you do a marathon 16 weeks? Cool. Let's go for it. Um, that would be highly not advisable. Um, there is a rare segment of the population that could probably do that. Um, and if you are very physically fit um, with other forms of cross training, other specifically endurance sports. So if you're a cyclist, if you're a swimmer and you have been strength training and you go to the gym regularly for months, for years, and you're physically fit, maybe you could you are running a very high risk, however, of actually getting an injury because it is going to really be hard for you to build up the tolerance in your tissues, in your muscles, in your tendons to actually run 26.2 miles in a 16 week period if you haven't run at all. So like Coach Latoya mentioned, you know, you should have a solid foundation of running under your belt prior to actually starting this 16 week journey. And, you know, that can look very different. Um, for many I've seen, you know, runners build up in as little as three months prior to a 16 week training cycle. Um, I honestly, personally, myself, I recommend at least, at least minimum six months. Um, I honestly prefer a year. I'm going to be like completely honest with you guys. I really prefer a year and I feel like it's really important for you as a novice runner to actually build up, get some wins under your belt, um, you know, complete 5k, complete a 10k, com definitely complete a half marathon before, before you sign up to train for your first marathon. And I know, I know there's going to be like some of you that are listening to this right now and you totally didn't do that. And you're like, oh boy, I'm already signed up. I'm kind of in it. <laughs> and I'm just letting you know, um, based upon success and based upon what we've heard stories from many in our like healthy runner Facebook community of those who, 
were training for their first marathon and they, they built up and unfortunately suffered a major injury and they had to cancel, you know, the race and they couldn't do the race. So that's why we recommend really building that solid foundation, getting many wins under your belt, you know, conquer that half marathon distance. And honestly, personally, you know, I, I shared with you and Latoya has as well, like we've only run two marathons. Um, and for me personally, and Latoya, you can share your why, but for me, my why was because I really wanted to make sure my body can handle the training. And being a physical therapist, treating many injured runners throughout my career, I was like, I want to make sure like I can actually physically do this and it's the right thing for my body. And then after that first experience, when I did cramp up at mile 20 and I remember doing those long runs and honestly, how hard those long runs were for me to complete that 16 miler, that 18 miler, that 20 miler, it sucked. Like I hated it. It was not fun whatsoever. So it really left a taste in my mouth of like, I don't need to be doing this like anytime soon. And let me like conquer my half marathon, you know, distances. Let me build up. Let me learn more. Let me grow as a runner. Let me get stronger as a runner. Let me stay healthy and actually put together, literally knock on some wood here, three straight years of consistent running without having an injury before I go to tackle that marathon distance again because the first time around I was definitely battling injuries. And that's why we do what we do here on this channel is to share all those mistakes we made. And so you guys don't have to suffer from like Achilles tendonitis, plantar fasciitis, shin splints, runner's knee, right? Like we don't want you to have that, but coach Toya, I'm curious because your first marathon was in Alaska was, a while ago, yes. right? It was, it was. Yeah. My first marathon was 2009, 2010. In, in Anchorage, Alaska, I did the, uh, the mayor's, the mayor's full marathon and I signed up and I did exactly what you're not supposed to do. I had not even a half marathon on the belt. I said, yes, I am going to sign up and do this. OMG. What did I just get myself into? All right. You got to do it. Completed it. Did I show up and complete it and finish up? Right. Sure. Did. Did I say, wow, that was tough and something didn't feel right about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, life happened and I was kind of scared, if you will, because I knew I needed more information. I needed more strength. I needed more of a, a solid foundation to try it again. Fast forward, fast forward to last year, life, wisdom, lots of years of, of trial and error, maybe not at 26.2 miles, but I came back for my second one. And I said, this is the way it's supposed to feel. This feels good. This feels better. This feels stronger. But I'm coming back for another one because I learned again from this one. And I want to make sure that I can uh, keep cleaning out those, uh, those issues, those concerns, maybe train a little differently this time, take all of those mistakes and not repeat them and get, do it differently. And that's why I'm coming back again. And my first one, I, I don't, I didn't have any cramping or any problems. Well, sure I did, but it was enough to leave me wanting more. And wanting more better. And I hope that anyone who completes th their first half, first full marathon is left with gas in the tank saying, this was a great experience and I want to do it again. And that's what I want everybody to do. Maybe not with a 10 year hiatus, <laughs> like I had, you don't have to wait that long. You can, you can definitely do it again sooner. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Not a 10 year hiatus or a five year one for me. Yeah. Right. We'll see. Hopefully, uh, you know, we can keep improving as runners and, you know, maybe 
decide we want to do one in a shorter time period than five or 10 years, right? <laughs> it's more than 10 for me, actually, if you really do the math. But yeah, it was, it was a lot, a lot longer than that. But I'm so happy I didn't. I wish, I wish I had the knowledge I had now back then. Where would I be? But I don't. So I'm going to take it, take what I have. I'm going to throw it all at you guys and see what we can do to help you guys become stronger faster, safer, and healthier runners 16 weeks from now. All right. So we've made the decision to sign up for our first marathon. And usually everyone just wants to know, like, how much should I run? When should I run? How fast should I run? But before we do that, and this is something I know we focus on uh, with our athletes and our coaching program, and I think it's a great place to start is really expectations and mindset. And you're like our mindset, like queen bee of our team here. Um, you know, can you just share with us some of kind of why is that important? And, you know, why, why do you talk to your athletes about, you know, some of the mindset and the expectations um, for something like, you know, marathon training? So it's so important to get the head right because the head and the body connect. And that's what we need to get us out the door the body to want to move the head to say, yes, you can do it. So when you find a why it, it's gotta be momentous yet realistic enough. You've got to be able to say, yes, I can do this. And remember on those long runs, why am I out here? I'm out here. Cause I want to medal this at 26.2. No, it's gotta be bigger than that. You can go buy a medals as 26.2 off eBay. I'm sure you can just buy that really. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's not the same. You, you want to have that that deep inside, why? And why am I out here? I'm, I'm out here to, for so many reasons, to prove to myself that I can do this because I am strong, because I am healthy, because I can, because there are others that can't, you know, whatever works for you, find that why and turn back to it when things get hard, because life is, it's going to get hard. Life's going to happen. And if you don't have a, 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 a something to focus on physically and emotionally, you know, physically, it's the, the end of that that run you're doing, that's the goal, check it off, moving closer to the next big goal. But if you don't have that, you'll get lost, you'll get sidetracked, easy way to get injured, but you won't pay attention to your form. You'll skip out on that strength session. And the why just gets watery and diluted. And we've got to keep that up here to keep this in here moving and have realistic expectations that sometimes I'm gonna to need to focus and remember what my why is. And other times it's like, this is cake. I could do this every day, but wheel it back in and remember there's a big picture out there and stay focused on the big picture. Yeah. Yeah. I think that really helps you when, cause there's going to be bumps in the roads guys. Like, let's be honest, even honestly for the advanced marathon or there are bumps in the road, right? It's just different bumps that you wind up experiencing. Um, but you have to be grounded in, in having that solid why and, and know like really why you're doing this, because if it's, you know, you're training for a spring marathon and you're training in winter and it is super cold out there, like you're not going to want to go outside and like get your runs in. But if you have a solid why that is going to help you get out the door, or if you're training in right now, we had like dew point of, you know, 72 degrees for my run this morning. <laughs> and it feels like the air is so thick, you can't breathe. Um, but you still need to get some running in, then you need to have a solid why, right? Um, and that that's very important for you guys to think about, because 
you need to have that solid why and actually enjoy the training. Like the end result is, is really just the, honestly, the victory lap, but the training and, and, you know, that's what we believe in here at healthy runner is really running for longevity. Right. And, you know, enjoying it for the rest of your life and not just enjoying it for one marathon. And you might be listening to this where, yes, you're just getting into running and you're like, I'm going to do this big audacious goal and run New York. Um, but honestly, I would love for you to actually fall in love with running. Like we have, like many of our athletes have that we work with, um, because of all of the stress relief it provides us. Right. And you clear your head, you get outside, you feel good about yourself. You're more productive as a mom, as a dad in work, right. All of like the benefits of running. I would love for you to experience that for the rest of your life. Not just say you did the New York city marathon. Um, so yeah, not just like a 16 week period. So that's really the purpose of what we're talking about today. And hopefully the tips that we're going to be sharing with you are going to really help kind of guide you to that point. Um, so knowing your why I would totally agree, uh, coach Latoya and actually let's do this coach Latoya. Let's actually skip over the run plan because I do want to de-emphasize it because I feel like that's what people focus on. Um, so we're going to hold off. We're going to like tease okay. the run portion of this. And mm -hmm. I, I do want to go to um, a topic that many novice runners don't know about. And many novice runners might be saying, Hey, I'm running, like I'm working my leg muscles. Like, isn't that like working out my legs? Like I'm doing so much of it with the runs I need to do. So how should like I strength train, for my first marathon, um, you know, how do you recommend or how do you program, you know, strength training for someone who's running their first uh, marathon? So strength is, is, is again, foundational and having some miles under your belt before you sign up for a full marathon is ideal. Strength training is foundational for strong running to keep you injury your injuries away. We've got to train all those muscles. They are going to have some crazy load or crazy work expected of them. We've got to strengthen them. And we don't all run with perfect gait and form. So we have to make sure the muscles that we have are functioning and activating the way they can for you. And strength training is so um, foundational. You, you really want to start with that and start with more volume in the beginning and we'll, we'll lessen it at the end. Don't worry, you're not going to have to do 20 mile long run and three hours worth of strength training in the gym, that doesn't make sense. That was not ideal. It's not realistic. Um, and, and as a beginner, you've got muscles that you're going to expect a lot of action on more often, more frequently, because your volume is going to pick up. So three days, two, three days preferred of strength training fit into your program and fit into your life. Again, remember your why, why are you getting up earlier than you usually would to go work your, your whole body, specifically the, the running muscles, because you want to run stronger and finish the race. You don't want to just sign up and not finish it. If you do your strength training, get that foundation done, it will help you get to that finish line a heck of a lot easier and, and, and faster because stronger muscles can recover and carry you longer on that journey of 26.2 miles. Yeah. 
Yeah, great point. And you, it's just so amazing. Like, isn't it like for people who join our coaching program and they start strength training for running and like for runners and, um, you know, how they say like how much easier their runs feel and how their legs don't feel so heavy. Right. So, you know, so many people have the misconception of like, well, I, I can't, like I mentioned earlier, you know, I can't run and do strength training. Like, isn't that going to be too much? Isn't that going to injure me? No. Or runners shouldn't strength train. Like I'm not a bodybuilder. Like there are specific types of exercises you as a runner should be doing um, to protect your body and to make running easier for you. And the protect your body point is really to prevent injury. And most most running related injuries, the most common culprits of tendonitis, shin splints, um, overuse injuries that you would experience during a marathon training cycle can all be prevented with strength training. It's not stretching that is going to prevent those injuries. So let me just make that clear um, because I know that is a myth um, that you may have heard somewhere. You may have believed it for, you know, decades now. Um, but yeah, things have changed a lot in the world of sports medicine and it is strengthening that is going to help prevent, um, those common injuries. So like I said before, if you want to continue to train and be able to complete the marathon, you have to keep running and you can't keep running if you keep getting injured, right. And getting in an injury cycle. So if you're wondering on like, what are the best exercises or running, I've done a whole deep dive episode on this. So this was back in episode 45 of the Healthy Runner podcast. Um, and I will definitely link that to where you're watching this video as a resource for you. Um, it was a real in-depth kind of deep dive on like what muscles, how do we strength train? But I would agree um, with Coach Latoya that for beginners, usually what I'll do is, and this is how we cycle out training. You want to think about like that first month possibly first eight weeks doing, you know, three times a week of really the strength training, muscle activation exercises. And, you know, some of these don't need to be used, you know, at a gym, right? You can use leverage your own body weight. You can use a mini band. In matter of fact, I have a great um, video where you can activate all of your hip muscles, five simple exercises that you can do with a mini band. Um, so if you want that mini band uh, uh, video, just drop mini band into the comment box and Facebook and I'll shoot that over to you guys. Um, and I'll, I'll link that to uh, the episode as well. But, um, you know, you can do that to start and learn how to activate these muscles before you progress to, you know, exercise you might've heard of like a lunge or a single leg squat, right? And you can leverage body weight. So you don't need to like, you know, lift massive weights. Um, if you're someone who's intimidated by gyms, you can actually do all of these in the comfort of your own home. Matter of fact, <laughs> the whole healthy runner strength program I created was yeah. done in the comfort of my home when COVID hit. So I'm in my living room, uh, literally using my sofa, using bucket of bricks for weights. And, you know, you can get very creative. So you can do some great body weight exercise that actually move the needle and are protective for your body as a runner. So strength training is not cross training. You might have read that somewhere. And when you started your research on how to run a marathon, um, it's not like a nice add-on. It is essential. You need to strength train in order to run a marathon as a beginner. So it really depends upon what you do and making sure you're not 
doing too much too soon because we're going to say you're a beginner at this point and let's say you don't have an introduction and you haven't been doing a lot of strength training then that's where it's really starting with banded exercise starting with body weight and gradually increase but then as your running increases before your race the strength training comes down and that's where we take it down to twice a week. And even as a beginner, usually I know myself, Coach Latoya, like when you're peaking in training and getting to that peak, I take down to one time a week because your body is going through a tremendous amount of stress um, during the peak of your training, building up 16 mile, 18 mile. If you do a 20 mile, right, or 18 is your peak um, long run your body's under a lot of stress and it's doing something it's never done before. So, you know, we'll get to like one of the other points in terms of recovery. So <laughs> I want to steal that thunder. So strength training is essential guys. Uh, that's the main point there. We got a bunch of resources on strength training and a bunch of exercises on our spark healthy runner YouTube channel. And if you have questions, just like let us know. We'll be happy to shoot you like a video if you're trying to find something. Um, and if you want a whole strength program and it's structured out for you um, in a progressive fashion, we have that too, right? So that's what we do in our coaching program and we do for our athletes. Um, if you want to take the guesswork away um, from trying to put together all those exercises and program for yourself. Um, but let's kind of switch gears to another topic um, that comes up a lot. And it's a common thing that we see a lot of beginner marathon runners uh, make a mistake. And that comes to nutrition. So how much should we eat when training for a marathon? I have to say one of the benefits I have found training for a marathon is I get to eat more. <laughs> I get to eat more. Who doesn't like to eat? Right. Um, I, I use this, this with my athletes, the meal you ate today is fueling your run tomorrow. So you have to eat. There's no way you, when I work with a deficit or not enough calories, the, the workload you are expecting of your body is huge in, in regards to recovery. You need the, that fuel to have your muscles recover and rebuild. You, you need fuel to do your everyday, your baseline function. You can't, neglect the food. I'm not saying go out and order a pizza and have a chocolate shake. That's not good fuel either, but you need to feel like you are not hungry. You need to eat, eat before your run, eat during your run. We'll talk about those long runs when you get there. Yeah. You get to eat in your run again, not burgers and cheese, but you're going to feel yourself. And that post run, you've got to have those pre and post are huge with getting you back to that recovered phase. Always, you feel like you eat a heck of a lot more when you're training for a full marathon. You really do. Either it's because you're going out for another run or your body's fired up. You are, engines are purring and you've got to feed them so that they can perform today or the next day. So I encourage you to make good choices, your proteins, your fats, eat, 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 figure out what works before your long run and what doesn't. And that is also playing with eating different amounts of food in different styles. So food is important during your run. Yes. During training. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And I, I can't stress that enough um, because some of you might actually be um, signing up for a marathon because your goal is actually weight loss. And you might've kind of 
you know, done that and said, well, if I can run a marathon, I'm going to be running a lot. So I'm probably going to lose a lot of weight. Um, the problem there is if you don't fuel properly, your muscles don't recover, your body doesn't recover, and it makes the training extremely hard. And it really sets you up for injury. And uh, Brooke Zarnecki, our healthy runner dietitian, she talks about this all the time. And, um, you know, it is something that I've known, you know, throughout my career as a physical therapist in terms of injuries, but she really stresses like the important link between proper fueling and injuries. And there is an association and there has been, you know, a correlation there on those that are underfueled um, tend to get more injuries. And then even the other misconception, and again, I am not Brooke, the registered dietitian, but what I've listened and learned um, from her is that if we are actually under fueling, if your main goal was weight loss, um, a lot of times that actually slows that process down because your metabolism like totally drops and it like comes to a screeching halt. So I know Brooke talks about this all the time is, you know, her actually increasing the, the amount of fuel um, for runners actually helps stimulate metabolism if, mm -hmm. you know, you did want that secondary benefit of weight loss, but I wouldn't go with the primary objective of doing a marathon for weight loss. You know, I would really go with the mindset of, Hey, I'm signed up for this marathon. I want to like accomplish this amazing feat and you know, your why, right. Whether it is, you know, you need to do hard things. You need to prove to yourself that you can do something that's really hard and you had young kids and you know you were just like mom for like so many years and you know they're they're pulling at every end you're like i just want to do something for me right or like for me it was after i finished my phd actually because that was hard enough for six straight years so i was like hey that's done let's let's pick another thing that's kind of hard to do so i needed another challenge um so whatever your why is right um you know, you have to know that. And I would use that as opposed to really weight loss. Weight loss is going to come with consistency in running and being healthy and adding in strength training, fueling properly, like all those things will eventually come. So just, I guess, you know, don't be quick to try to um, cure that problem um, with a quick fix. Cause we all know, and everyone's heard about, you know, the yo-yo dieters and, you know, you lose 30 pounds just to gain it back, like in the next six months. So again, we are all about lifelong injury, free running and lifelong wellness. And if weight loss is your primary goal, think of the long, the long battle with that, right? Like, where do you want to see yourself in a year? Where do you want to see yourself in five years? Like, do you want to be healthier and live a healthier life? Like we actually just had Francisco on the podcast, um, which was aired on the podcast last week. And he talked about his running goals. Initially, he started running for blood pressure, right? His blood pressure, his numbers were high um, and doctor was going to put him on meds. Um, so he really talked about that was his initial why to actually start running and he got healthier with running and he's crushing it and, you know, qualifying for Boston and doing some amazing things. Um, but, uh, you know, we all have that why. And if you guys want a sampler taste of a little deeper dive on like what you should be kind of fueling for marathon training, I'm going to point you to episode 119 of the Healthy Runner podcast that Brooks Arnecki actually shared nutrition basics for running. And this is going to give you the basics. However, Brooke is coming back on the show, guys. 
in August, and she's going to do a deep dive on specifically fueling for the marathon. So be on the lookout for that. But for right now, just to kind of, you know, give you a little taster of some of Brooke's uh, knowledge and wisdom and all the greatness that she brings, um, the nutrition for basics for running is going to be a great starting point for you to just kind of reiterate what Coach Latoya just mentioned and I mentioned. Um, so I will definitely um, link that below. And let's just actually, we had actually a question here, uh, Coach Latoya on the live stream on in Facebook here. And just to give you guys a shout out, like, we got a bunch of friends here. Thank you guys so much for jumping on the live today. Um, we do have Coach Whitney here. Roger's here. What's going on? Susanna's here. Oh my goodness, Susanna, I, I received your package today and I need to message you. Um, Susanna, who is here on the live, I'm like embarrass her right now, but she's an amazing photographer yes. and she did a healthy runner coaching team photo shoot. And she's just like, oh my goodness, she is amazing to work with, but such a great photographer, artist, everything. And she just sent like the cutest little package to me that I need to share with all of you. So I, I, I will be reaching out to you, Susanna. Thank you so much for that. Um, and uh, Leticia, What's going on, girl? How are you? Um, Christy, yeah, one uh, of Coach Latoya's athletes. Christy's here. Emmett's here, who's in our program. Um, Ann is here, who just signed back up to work with Coach Lou. Uh, Crystal's here. What's going on, Crystal? Amber, Amber's here. Yeah, Amber completed her first marathon last year at this time. She was working with Coach Latoya. So we had the pleasure of seeing her finish Hartford as well. Jean is here. What's going on? How are you, Jean? And yeah, Amber's running her second uh, marathon this October. Awesome. Emmett's running his fifth in uh, New York and fortunate enough to be working with Coach Whitney. So yeah, we're super excited. You're on our program as well, Emmett. And uh, yeah. And, oh my goodness. Crystal's like, you're selling me on this. And um, Tanya's here. How are you, Tanya? She said she wants to redo. Hey, I wanted to redo for my first as well. So that is completely normal. Coach Whitney doubles down on strength training and says she loves it. Um, but we do have a question here from Darlene. How are you, Darlene? Thank you for joining the live today. And she is wondering, I'll, I'll kind of pitch the question to you first, uh, Coach Latoya, and then I'll give my, my take on it. She's wondering, is age a factor in strength training? Um, she says she's 65 and plan, and she does a plan of two days at the gym. And she also uses bands at home for short 10 to 15 minute sessions several times a week. What are your thoughts? Hey, Darlene, I think that is a rock star plan you got going on there. And I think age is important. And the older we are, the more important that strength workout becomes. I mean, it's pivotal for every age. And if you didn't have that foundation starting when you were younger, working with the muscles and the bone, the weight bearing um, weight workouts is what we want. Continue to do that. 65, 66, 77. That's that longevity plan. That's what we're talking about. Staying healthy now to stay healthy later. And bands are great. Twice a week hitting the gym. That's good. I'm hoping you're doing some um, real strong runner specific exercises to keep the hips mobile and moving the, the bones strong. So I, I think it's great. As we continue, I think we should never we should never stop 
moving our body, never stop getting stronger. And it looks different as we get older and some things get modified, but we should continue to do it, especially if we're going to continue to, to run and put load on our bodies. Absolutely. So good job, Darlene. Keep rocking that gym. Yeah, Darlene, you are crushing it. That's amazing. And let us know if you're running a marathon or are you a new runner? Um, let us know in the comments there. But yeah, I agree with Coach Latoya. The single most important factor as we age and preventing um, the complications that aging brings in terms of mobility and even mortality, it really looks at muscle mass and actually how much muscle elderly individuals have on them. And it's been shown in research that the more muscle mass we have, the better we are in terms of our independence of walking, right? Not using a cane, not using a walker to get around. Um, so muscle mass is super important, especially as we age, right? And Coach Latoria brought up a great point about weight-bearing exercises are very important in helping our bone health. So if you have a family history of osteopenia, osteoporosis, um, you know, aunts and, you know, grandparents who have fractures, you know, fell, fractured their wrist, fell, fractured their hip. Um, unfortunately, hip fractures are like one of the, the most common in elderly with falls. And, you know, the stronger we are, our better our balance is, we can prevent falls. So fall prevention is like a huge thing. I can go on and on about this, Darlene. Um, but yeah, strength training is super important. And I love the plan that you're actually doing. Um, I agree with Coach Latoya, two days in the week in the gym, and then you're doing some band work as well for shorter sessions. And usually what I recommend to my clients, Darlene, too, is those like 10 minute sessions. Those are actually great to do before your run. And if you follow, I just dropped it in Facebook here, the link to the five uh, mini band exercises. Like if you hit those, you hit all the major muscles that you're going to use for your run. And I'll usually have my clients run through those five exercises as a muscle activation and to make sure they're primed. It also like improves circulate. It, it could basically be a dynamic warm up in of itself um, to really get your body ready to go out for your run. Um, so great question. Thank you so much for uh, joining today. And thank you so much for um, adding your question. If anyone else mm -hmm. here is alive and want to drop questions, like I know it, I haven't uh, taken live questions in a while, but you know, Coach Latoya is here. It's like a party, you know, I feel like we got all you guys here on the live with us. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to see some more questions drop in the comment. So let's talk about next um, is, yeah, before we get to the run, I still want to tease the run thing because it's like, yeah, let's, Dangle it over let's Dangle talk it. about uh, rest and recovery. Like, Woo! why do we need to rest, recover? Should we be resting? How much rest should we get? Like, am I lazy if I don't run a certain day? No, let's just keep it real. Recovery is so important. And that includes sleeping. That includes resting. I'm not just talking Netflix and chill as in recovery. I'm actually talking about sleeping, a solid night's sleep, getting more sleep, turning off the Netflix, Yellowstone, Stranger Things, whatever it is, shut it off, go to bed, get some more rest. That's where the growth and recovery happens. You need that. You're adding so much more demand to your muscles, your legs, every part of your body, your mind, just staying focused out there for 10, 12, 16 miles. You've got to turn it off, turn it down, get off the computer, shut the Facebook down. You can like my posts after when you wake up in the morning, after your run, shut it down, go to sleep, 
get that recovery, you will need more sleep. Factor that into your why, factor it into your plan. This is part of the process. I will be sleeping more. I'm gonna have to turn away from that Friday night party, that rager you were gonna go to, not happening. You gotta get some sleep because you have a 10 mile run in the morning. Make it a priority to get your sleep. Your body will recover. It'll thank you. Your runs, your mood, and your family will thank you too because you'll be less cranky. Sleep, go to sleep, yes. <laughs> yeah, I actually just posted this yesterday. Well, uh, it was my rest and recovery day, um, Sunday. And uh, yeah, I, rest recovery, guys, is part of the training. Like that is when our muscles are actually growing. Right. So when we actually run, when we actually strength train, we break down muscles and then they rebuild and they grow and they get stronger on the rest days when we're actually not using them. And then that's where the fueling comes into play nutrition and making sure we're feeding our muscles and proper protein and carbs and all of that. But yeah, rest and recovery is super, super important. Um, we are not uh, big proponents of run streaks because we do believe in rest and recovery. And I do think there are more productive or maybe better forms of motivation and sticking to habits. And I'm really reading a lot about habits right now. Atomic mm -hmm. Habits, uh, James Clear right now, that's the book I'm reading, um, is how do we form good habits that are reproducible, that are going to get us to our end goal. And for you listening to this right now, you guys are talking about like running your first marathon or second or third and running every single day is most likely have there been people who've done it, of course, but most likely is not going to be the way to get you to that marathon. So resting and recovering from those efforts are super duper important. Think of it as part of the training, embrace it for our athletes. We actually program it on their calendar. Like every morning I wake up, I get a text from my coach. It's like, okay, today you're running four miles today, you're running five miles, right? Easy run or whether I'm doing speed work, a long run. And there's a day literally yesterday I woke up, I got the text. I was so happy to click it. It said rest recovery. I said, yes, it is, baby. It's rest recovery day. Yes. And I so, love it. I embrace it. I, I just want to say something about the rest, the recovery, the sleep, the eating more, the better. So people are watching you. You never know who you're going to inspire to pick up the habit of trying running to make a better choice. And when they see that I'm not, you're not cranky, you're not miserable, you're not like, you know, somebody down the hall, the other runner who's not following those practices, you're not in that vicious race cycle injury of, of hurting yourself and healing, running, not running. You're not cranky and miserable. You're getting your sleep. Somebody says, oh my gosh, I want to be like you. I can do that. Maybe that's not your whole goal, but you don't realize there are people actually watching it and saying, I can't do that. You could be the reason somebody's why. All right, I'm going to sleep just because I could help somebody. All right, I'm going to go to bed and get some more sleep because I'm not going to snap at them. I'm going to be recovered, rested. I'm going to fuel. I'm going to become a better human. I believe in that butterfly flap in their wings. Good choices happen when you sleep more, when you recover, that human growth hormone gets released and everything just, you feel just so, you feel like it's doable and everything else in life is doable when you get more sleep. So it's so important. I love my rest day. I, I Sometimes I sneak in another extra rest day. When I say sneak in, it's part of the training. I need it. I know my body and mind he need it. So I take it 
And I don't feel bad about it at all. Honor it, honor your body and take the rest days because you can work harder on those days you're working because you did that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, super important. And then even just thinking about like, you know, fueling, hydration, maybe some recovery, getting down in your foam roller, um, maybe doing some restorative yoga. Um, so not like hard yoga stuff, by the way, like restorative yoga and really working on breathing and just doing some gentle mobility, um, just keeping your body loose. It's so important and part of the training. So make sure you're dedicating that kind of rest recovery time. Um, so before we get into the run plan, we're going to still tease this thing. I love this. Um, let's talk about like, let's just say like, Hey, you are totally new to running. Like, you know, you just got this lottery for this like major marathon and you're like, I don't even know like where to begin. Like, what do I actually need to run my first marathon? Um, you know, what gear do we need? Um, you know, what are like the basics and, you know, we can do, and we've done uh, with coach Whitney, a whole gear episode on like all the fancy gadgets, but like, what are the basics a beginner runner needs if they're going to be running their first marathon? So you don't have to make a huge financial commitment to, to start running. You need sneakers, you need quality fitted sneakers, not one pair, two, maybe three pairs, 16 weeks. They're only good for so many miles because you're going to be adding onto those sneakers. You can't have one pair of sneakers. The race starts next week and you order a new pair and run in them. No, that's not a good idea. We'll have two, three pair of sneakers with over 16 weeks. Part of the investment in running doesn't have to be thousands and thousands of dollars of that. Good shoes. If you're a lady, get some um, money invested in those good sports bras. Huge huge, worth the penny. Um, you're going to be out there for eight, 10, 16, 12 miles. You want to be fitted properly for your sneakers. You want to be fitted properly for a, a sports bra. That is crucial. And you're going to stay hydrated when you're running. So what do we need? You can go old school and go with a little hand bottle and carry it with you. You can go with a vest. You can go with a flip belt, but we're not talking hundreds and thousands of dollars. Basics good shoes, definitely more than one pair, get fitted, sports bras, a couple wicking outfits. You already have this stuff. You do, you do. You've already had it in the closet. And if not minor, minor investment to get it, who doesn't want cute clothes? You can go shopping. Um, <laughs> and hydration, that's it. And you know what? You're going to need a hat or a visor, something to keep the sweat off your eyes and maybe some chapstick. Dwayne, why do I need chapstick? Which is part of my running basics. Where do we put it's that? Not, it's not for the lips, right? It's not. No, it's not no. for your lips. Oh, it's for Coach the eyebrows. Whitney. Coach Whitney. Blessing. Coach Whitney for the win. That is awesome. Get some chapstick for your eyebrows, for those sweaty runs, so the sweat doesn't run out into your eyes. That salty burn of accomplishment, it'll run right around. It really works. So talk about that. Dollar chapstick, couple pair of sneakers, good sports bra, wicking stuff, and a water bottle. That's it. You're good to go. Awesome. Yeah. You pretty much summarized that. So I'm just going to leave it there. Cause I was like, perfect. <laughs> um, I, I completely agree. So exactly what coach Latoya just stated, those are like the essentials. Um, and you need to hydrate because as we're going to be talking about right now, we're going to finally get into <laughs> the run portion of what you should be doing for your runs, um, in training for your first marathon is, you know, these long runs, that we're going to talk about, um, 
you're going to need to hydrate. You need to hydrate. And anytime, especially if it's hot and it's the summertime, you need to hydrate for anything that you're out there, honestly, more than 40 or 45 minutes. Any run that's going longer than that, you need to hydrate um, because you do not want to get dehydrated because that number one is going to affect performance. Number two is going to set you up for possibly injuries because you're fatiguing quicker. And then number three, your recovery is going to suffer. So now you're not going to have the energy for that next workout or your strength work or tomorrow's run. So hydrating is going to be really, really important during the humidity, during high dew point, during the summer months, um, and during the long runs. So, and you might be saying to yourself, like, I've never needed to drink something. Trust me, try it. And you're going to see a difference. (laughs) You're going to see a difference. (laughs) Um, so let's get into this, this running business. Um, you know, that's what this is, right. A running podcast. So like, why not just talk about running (laughs) Buy the cute stuff and just pretend I'm running. No, you got to put it, put all the cute stuff on the new gear and actually move in it. Yes. Run, run. Let's talk about it. We're at it. We're ready. Yeah. So how many times should you run a week for marathon training? I am a believer that there's too much of a good thing. Seven days a week is not what you want. I think the sweet spot for a beginner runner is four if you have to, but five. Five is the magic number. It's doable. You can make it doable. There's lots of ways to do that. Four puts a lot more commitment and a lot more stress on your body because you're out there longer with um, more stress for, for shorter for those few days. Five days, we can divide your plan up really nicely. Long run, easy run, nice quality run, maybe a tempo or a speed run or a little fartlek going on in there. And you've got two days to rest and maybe not Netflix and chill rest, but recovery with strength that that can be part of your day because it's not as demanding. So five is my magic number for a beginner run. Yeah, agreed. Um, I love, you know, the four or five day plan. Um, for that beginner. And it it really depends in my mind of, have they ever done five before? Um, You know, have they done four before? And if they've done four for, you know, months and years, then maybe we're going to build up to five. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I agree. Definitely not, most certainly not seven. We already talked about that. Uh, Definitely not six. Um, And yeah, so I, I agree as far as these. We all know one of the most frustrating parts about running is suffering an injury and bouncing back from that injury. We all know how important it is to get a proper diagnosis, properly load the tissue with specific strengthening exercises, incorporate mobility, and strengthen your surrounding run-specific muscles if you have listened to any of the running injury episodes on this podcast. An often neglected aspect of injury recovery and becoming a lifelong injury-free healthy runner is the nutritional component. For injuries to properly heal and allow your body to recover faster, you must supply your body with the nutrients it needs to accelerate muscle repair, and that is what the Amino Company's product Heal does better than any other product I have seen on the market as a physical therapist who works with a lot of runners struggling with recurring injuries. Heal is designed to reduce recovery times and improve physical function after injuries by accelerating muscle repair while helping maintain a healthy inflammatory response. 
In fact, a recent clinical trial compared heal with high-quality whey protein. The net balance between whole-body protein synthesis and breakdown was measured, and the response was that heal was found to be at least three times larger than that of whey protein on a gram-for-gram basis. Heal was shown to both reduce muscle protein breakdown and increase muscle protein synthesis. So let's break down the results of this clinical trial in a way we can understand. Participants basically had less muscle breakdown and faster muscle repair using Heal. If you're looking for a nutritional advantage while recovering from that stubborn IT band syndrome, Achilles, hamstring, or posterior tibial tendonitis, or even recovering from your daily training if you are healthy. I highly recommend you give Heal a try. I recommend it to all my athletes coming back from injury or those that are struggling to recover after hard workouts that I put on their running calendar. We even have a special offer for you where you can save 30% off by using the code HEALTHYRUNNER. Just head to aminoco.com slash healthy runner. That's A-M-I-N-O-C-O dot com slash healthy runner. And use the code healthy runner at checkout to save 30%. How to pace marathon training runs for beginners. Like, how do we know like how fast we should be running when we go out for all these training runs that we're going to be doing? We should not be going crazy. We should not be running hard. We are going to run at my magic number, number five, rate of perceived exertion, easy conversational piece, pace, slower than you think, actually, because we're going to be out there for a really long time. We don't want to make ourselves overworked and still have five miles left because we started out of the gate too hard. Beginner runners, lots of levels of runners, intermediate, and you've got a lot of runs slower than you think five on your effort. 10 is crazy. I'm out of breath. I'm going to can't handle this. One is, is my favorite Netflix and chill. You never see Netflix and chill. You never see crazy. The house is on fire. Always at number five, easy rate of perceived desertion. Number five. So on that, what we call like an RPE scale or rating RPE. or perceived exertion. That's what coach Latoya is talking about. Zero to 10. Like you need to be keeping it easy. And that is another common misconception by beginners is thinking about maybe you're starting to do calculations and you're like, I want to run under four hours for my marathon, or I want to run whatever, 430, like pick the number and you're like, okay, I need to run at, let's just pull the number out a, um, a nine minute marathon pace for my run. So you think okay, if I'm going to run at nine minute pace, then I guess logic, like now I'm talking this out because I never really thought about this before, tell you the truth. Logic tells you like, hey, if that's my goal for my race, maybe I should train and run nine minutes per mile every single run. And then I'll be able to actually do that for the marathon. And I know that may seem logical, but that is false. (laughs) that is not true whatsoever. And I've had to learn that the hard way myself. I did that when I first started running because I came from the gym rat space and it was like every workout I did, I needed to be like sweating and working hard. And if I wasn't working hard and going at an eight or a nine out of 10 rating of perceived exertion, that means like 
why am I even working out? Right. It was like pointless. Running is different, especially distance running, especially marathon running, especially marathon running for beginners. For beginners. So in order to actually get to that 26.2, you know, mile, uh, milestone, you actually have to train at a lower level of exertion. And it's the accumulation of the training throughout the week, throughout the month, throughout the 16 weeks, right? Or four months that you're actually training that allows you to run that marathon. And you will be surprised at how much energy you get from a race setting than when you're out there by yourself on the road. So that is the most common mistake runners make. And the most common thing that we coach our clients on when they first start with us is we're looking at those easy runs and we're like, you need to slow that down. Mm -hmm. You need to slow it down. And I shared this in my um, half marathon reflection in episode, let's see, what episode was that? That was episode 128. And that was actually when I made my announcement of running the second marathon. And that was another um, real good one. If you want like training lessons and lessons learned to kind of go back to. And, you know, I shared with that how my easy paces um, for my half marathon that I ran at like an eight minute per mile pace was all my easy runs are at 10 minute mile. So I'm running like two minutes slower per mile during my long runs, during my easy runs, then I'm actually racing at. And there's a reason for that. And there's science that shows us that. And that's what like run coaches learn about. And that's the, the science and the art of what we do as run coaches. And as you advance as a runner and we start to add in faster runs and different types of workouts. And that's what we're going to be sharing in more of our marathon training for advanced runners uh, coming up with coach Lou uh, soon on the podcast. But that's really, you know, the secret sauce, if you will, in actually completing the marathon is keeping those easy runs easy and running them at a slower pace than you think you should be running. And as your body adapts to the demands of running, then you're able to get more efficient and that easy pace may increase on its own. But it all goes back to what Coach Latoya said about your rating of perceived exertion and keeping that at that easy pace and not worrying about what it says in your watch how fast you're running, especially if you're running your first marathon, you should not be concerned whatsoever about how fast your runs are. You should only be concerned about getting the miles in and being consistent with your training and getting in your strength training and getting in your rest and recovery <laughs> and getting in your nutrition. You're like eating. all these yes. things we talked about before running. That's why I kept the running till the end because yeah. the other stuff is honestly more important to actually being successful and being able to conquer that marathon uh, goal that you have. Um, so yeah, great point about paces, going on rating of perceived exertion. Don't worry about looking at paces and running charts and you know worrying about what your friend runs and like, don't compare yourself to anyone else. Compare yourself to you, go on effort. It's the easiest way to measure and track. And like right now in our, you know, coaching community, we have a kind of a closed Facebook group for everyone who's in our coaching program. I actually, 
shared today kind of shared a live video on effort because it was like the dew point as i mentioned was like crazy here and i'm like i'm going slower because i know my effort was starting to rise and i'm like wait this is an easy run Dwayne. like why are we getting up to like a six right now effort oh because the air is so thick okay i gotta slow down because it, it wasn't a a a harder effort run in my training I, it was supposed to be an easy run so i needed to slow down my pace so i'm as a beginner runner, don't worry about pace, guys. Please don't. Like, just get the runs in, stay healthy, get the mileage in, build progressively in a way that is really going to allow you to be able to complete that marathon. And then another question, I know that's a pretty common one, Coach Latoya is like, what is the easiest way to run longer without getting tired? Like there might be many runners out there and it's like, I only can run three miles. Like I can't go more than three. I can't go more than four. Like, you know, what's the easiest way to run longer and be able to train for a marathon? So that, that goes back again to that foundational stuff ahead of time. Are you hydrated? Did you get enough sleep? You, you, you're, you're having a hard time getting past three because you're running on five hours sleep and you forgot to eat before the run. So let's put all those things together. Now we're going to go run for four or five, six miles we're gonna run at the nice even pace. We're gonna make sure we hydrate along. We're gonna to use tools that we have to keep us out there longer. Is it a podcast? We're gonna to use tools that we have. Is it, is it the podcast? Is it music? Is it, a, is it running with someone else? We're gonna just bite it off in pieces. We're gonna build up to those longer runs. You're not just gonna open the door, say three miles, we're going to six, we're going to eight. It's a slow buildup and you're gonna use the music, you're gonna use a friend, you're gonna use your why to keep you out there running at a nice consistent pace. That consistency is gonna get you where you need to be at the end. You're gonna get there, mile six will come. It'll come a lot more pleasurable if you run consistently and run easily at that right pace. Absolutely important to just stay the course. Don't go fast, fast, fast. I gotta get there, six miles, six miles, pick it up stay there and it will happen because you've done all the other runs and you're properly fueled and you're hydrated and you got some sleep all makes a huge difference honestly your, your mindset will change with all those in your backpack you, you've pulled you've done everything else you need to do just need to show up and put one foot in front of the other consistently yeah and if someone was concerned about actually running the 26 miles um, and being able to get there, like, what is the most important run in their like weekly schedule that they need to be like thinking about life gets crazy. And you're like, I got to cut a run. I'm cutting the long run. I, I can't do it on Saturday. I've got too much to do. Scratch that. Keep the long run. Always keep the long run. That is so important because it's, it's part of that building block. It's part of the staircase getting you closer to 26.2. If you have to leave a run for whatever reason, it's always the shortest run. Keep that long run and run it where you are. You might feel it wasn't the best run, but you got it in and it's going to get better because you kept it there. If you ixnay the long run and the next week comes back and now you've got eight miles on the calendar because you didn't do seven, you're playing mind games again. Here we're back at it. I can't do this. I can't do this. Yes, you can. Always keep the long run. Nix the shortest run if you had to nix anything, but try not to nix it. Plan accordingly. You got 16 weeks. You know where those big events are happening. Make it work 
so you can complete that with as less least amount of stress as possible. Yeah, and I couldn't agree more. Um, you need to modify the plan and the schedule. And there's going to be stuff that comes up, like Coach Latoya said, in your personal life, um, your work life, and maybe your body just isn't ready to do a long run. And training is starting to get to you. Um, you know, we're really looking at, you know, peaking for your marathon a good three weeks before. So it's not right before your race. You want to peak before and then there's a taper. And we've actually done a full episode on tapering uh, for your race, which we'll definitely have to link um, in the show notes here is tapering. And, you know, it, as you build up, you need to make adjustments. And this is what we do with our clients. And But getting that long run is crucial, crucial. So if you need to skip a strength day, you need to skip another run you make sure you get that long run in because that is the most important run that's going to actually build your aerobic fitness, your aerobic capacity, your ability to actually run long for the actual race day and for the marathon. So make sure you get those long runs in. For beginners, we want to make sure we're keeping those long runs super duper slow, like super slow, get the miles in, make sure you're not running so slow that your form is like not right. Um, so still think about having good form, chest out, slight forward lean from the ankles, make sure your cadence stays high. A lot of people, when they slow down, they start going at a slower cadence. And we know that that has a huge correlation with running related injuries. So really keeping the leg turnover, even though you're running slower, focus on keeping that leg turnover going and focusing on the cadence um, for those long runs are super important. But just to give you guys an idea of like, you know, run plan that we talked about, if we have like a beginner runner, you know, obviously there's a spectrum, right? And it all depends upon level of fitness. Have you strength trained before, right? Like so many factors that go into this. And this is what we design like with our personalized coaching program. But just to kind of give you a shell of what this looks like, you know, you might be like running, let's say, you're running four days a week. So we might have you run like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday, right? So that would be like four runs a week, long run on Sunday. And then we might have you do strengthening on Tuesday and Thursday. And then Saturday is a full rest day. Or we might have someone, and depending upon where in the training, they might need a little bit more rest. And we might go down to one strength day. So now we have two rest days on like a Tuesday and a Saturday. Right. So you try to spread things out and not have like two days in a row rest days. Um, you want to try to be consistent with your training. I see many runners who they're like all or none. They like run five straight days and they take three off and then they like run, you know, four straight days or they run six straight days and then they take like two or three off. Right. You want to try to be consistent and get in strategic resting um points. And then if you notice for running your first marathon, we did not talk about doing interval runs. We did not talk about doing tempo threshold pace runs. Um, because honestly, we feel strongly about really building up your aerobic capacity, building up the demands in your body of running the distance that usually people who try to add those more complex runs in wind up getting injured along the way as they built up to their first marathon. 
again, unless you are an experienced half marathoner and you've done speed work before, then you can add speed work into your marathon training. We'll talk about all that with coach Lou, but really for today's purposes, you know, if you haven't done speed work before in half marathon training, you certainly should not be adding it into marathon training. And I guess that's the main principle because I know there are many, many programs that you can get like on your watches um, that do marathon training for beginners. And it like tells you to do an interval run and this tempo run. And, and most beginners, unfortunately, are running those too fast. And that's the, the biggest reason I've seen runners getting IT band syndrome runner's knee, shin splints, like tendonitis, posterior tip tendonitis, because they're doing runs that their body's really not ready for, and they're building up to a marathon. So building up to a marathon is already a huge stressor on your body. You do not need the other stressor of trying to run faster and efficiently at the same time that you're actually building up those long runs that Coach Latoya talked about as being super important in your training. And you know, there definitely is debate out there and there's different programs, different philosophies on, you know, what's the longest you should run. I would highly, 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 highly recommend. Did I say that enough times for you guys? Yeah. Um, as a beginner runner to not run more than 20 miles. And again, this is one of those things that you might be like, well, how in the heck am I going to run 26? If I only run 20, trust me, you will be able to like everyone has like thousands and millions of people over time have done that. So if they've done it, you can do it certainly. And the other thing you need to consider is if you are a slower runner and you are doing, let's say 13, 14, 15 minute miles, and you're out there for a 20 mile long run, that is a tremendous amount of time on your feet. And the more time that we're out there on our feet, the more likelihood of you getting an injury. So even, you know, thinking about possibly not doing a 20 miler, if it's going to put that much stress on your body that you can't recover from it, or you have this niggle in your knee, or you have this achy foot that keeps flaring up, you know, it might not be best for you to actually do that 20 that you just downloaded from the internet and said, you know, I need to do 20 because this says, Hey, this is a beginner plan for marathon training, right? Like that's where you need to listen to your body and being like, Hey, you've had this stubborn injury and maybe you're getting treatment for it and you're continuing to train. And this is where running 18, like might be the smarter bet. Um, because having, 30, 40, 50 minutes less out on that run might actually keep you healthy enough to actually start to taper and then be able to actually complete the marathon. And there are many people who have completed marathons with an 18 mile long run. So I see people perseverating on like, what is the magic answer for the long run? Like what's the longest long run I need to do? Um, and I really wouldn't because if you're consistently training and you're hitting everything that we talked about today so far, um, you are going to be successful and the mind is a powerful thing and you will, you are going to get a lot of energy and you're going to get a lot of motivation at your race and you're, you'll be surprised. Um, so it's just a number and don't think of it as a number, especially if you're following our advice and you're running your easy runs slow, then race day, you're going to be running faster. So it's actually going to be less time that you're on your feet. So if you think about like the time on your feet might be the same, 
but you're running six more miles or you're running eight more miles at the race, but because you're running the race faster than you're training long runs, it's actually the same time on your feet. So it's like your body's used to that time on your feet. So think of kind of reframing that a little bit in your mind, um, in terms of that long run, but make sure, you know, you're peaking in that long run about three weeks before your marathon. Then you start this taper process, we call it, and you maybe do a 20 miler and then you go down to like a 12 and then an eight miler. So it's not like taper goes from like 20 to like five and not running. Right. So in the taper episode, Coach Toya actually breaks all that down uh, for you guys. So we'll definitely link that uh, episode as well. Um, is there any other things I didn't, that we didn't cover kind of about running and run plan and common questions that we get? I think I want to just say as a beginner, 16 week plan, there is no hard reason for you to run the entire time. If you need to walk for a little bit, walk. It's 26.2 miles. My gosh, you've never done this before. There is no special medal for somebody who decided I am not walking through any of these 20, these water stops or because my body says to slow down, take the walk. Do you find that, that buildup again of, of energy? Sometimes you just need to walk and it's okay. You will shine at the end and no one will take that 26.2 from you because you walked part of it. Stop, walk, get yourself together and continue on. Nobody has to run the entire, entire way. That's important to remember. I think people forget that seasoned runners have actually walked part of a marathon. EGADs, they did that. Absolutely. They honored their body. They knew they were in this and it was tough, 26.2. So walk if you need to for a little bit, but train smart and you're less, you'll probably have less walk breaks too, but that's okay. If you do, do it. I think we forget to say that, that it's okay to walk. There's no shame in walking. Some people think there is, they are wrong. Absolutely wrong. Oh man. I'm, I'm so glad you actually brought that up because um, yeah, we didn't mention kind of the walk run method and many people know this as like the Galloway method. And I know a lot of the run Disney runners, um, do walk run. We have many athletes in our program who actually do walk run. And I can even think about Christy last year at this time was training for her first marathon and she was getting over knee pain and I was working with her and she did, uh, run walk and not only for the race, like coach Latoya is talking about, but even your training. Like walk, run can be totally a great way for beginners to be able to complete their first marathon. Um, it is nice because number one, you don't get as tired, right? If it's really hard for you to build up that endurance. Um, and then number two, if you have been injury prone in the past and you've had injuries, and again, you don't have this foundation of strength under your belt yet. And, you know, it's, you're signed up for this marathon. You're doing it with your friends. Like, you know, you, you didn't come across the healthy runner podcast, you know, five years ago, well, we weren't around five years ago, but <laughs> let's say you didn't come across it, uh, two years ago. Right. And you haven't been listening and implementing all of the things we talk about, um, on this podcast and you're, you're in this. So the walk run is a great way to be able to train. And just for those who aren't familiar with that, whether you're kind of jogging or walking for 30 seconds and 
sorry, jogging or running for 30 seconds and then walking for a minute. And there's different intervals. There's different ways to progress it. You can do a one minute on one minute off. You can do two minutes on one minute off, two minutes on 30 seconds off. So there's all different ways to do that. And you can even progress that within your marathon training um, as well. Um, so thank you so much for bringing that up. Super, super important. Very, um, Great topic. And then the other thing is, yes, for those who are not specifically doing structured run walk and you're running most of your run. Yeah. You can easily walk, walk, right? Take a walk when you need to. Sometimes you need to physically your body and sometimes mentally you need to do it. Mm -hmm. And honestly, for most of our runners, and we're going to get into this next in terms of race day strategy, we recommend walking the hydration station. So you can actually take the hydration in um, it is not going to make a big difference in your time and you're actually going to have more energy and you're going to be more successful if you actually take in the fluids that you need to take in, um, during those, um, hydration stations. So yeah, what is kind of any big overlying kind of race day strategy for someone's first marathon, any big things that like jump out in your mind? Just like you planned all your other long runs, you're going to plan the race day strategy, you're going to have a whole outline of everything you need for you. So you have so many jitters and nervous things going on, have a plan, have it all written out, have everything put out ahead of time. One less stress. We have a great, great PDF platform that, that we use personally to make sure we have everything because we'll sleep better at night knowing we have everything set out ahead of time for your race. Everything there's, there's, times when to fuel, when not to, to fuel, when to use the bathroom. It's so important to have that ahead of time to take first day, even seasoned runners, stress off your mind. So when the, the gun goes off, you can run and run strong. Yeah. Plan, yeah. plan ahead, <laughs> lay it all out. And Coach Latoya is really referring to our race day blueprint. Um, we have this all structured out for you. We've done a you know live training on it. Coach Whitney and I kind of um, went through a whole blueprint. And so if you are running your first marathon, you need to definitely check out this um, blueprint because this is going to be super helpful for you. Um, and we outline it all for you, structure it out. We give you 10 tips and then we actually have um, checklists that you can actually like check what do you need to bring with you for your marathon? And then we actually do a schedule. Like you're going to wake up at this time. Okay. What time are you going to go and get in your crowd? So we like take away the guesswork of all of that. And that really decreases anxiety, decreases stress of running your first marathon. So make sure you grab our race day blueprint. Um, so you can take away the guesswork from, um, for your marathon. So I'm not even going to reiterate those. It's a really in-depth, um, great, great video resource for you, as well as a PDF that you can have forever and be able to use that checklist. Um, that's what we do with our clients. So yes, race day, get the race day blueprint. Um, super, super helpful. Um, so I guess in the final stretch here, coach Latoya, if you could change one thing about the misconception of running a marathon, or marathon training, I get, uh, I'll give you the option here. Um, what would that be? That it has to take over your life. It doesn't have to take over your life, but it will become really important. It's important to you. It's a priority. So you have to make it. I think that's one thing people 
start training and everything has to be running. No, it has to just fit nicely into your life because life is still going to happen during those 16 weeks of training. So it doesn't have to be all life consuming. You can still go to the picnic. You can go to the parties. You can go to the long runs and get them all in and still exist. It doesn't have to be black or white. I'm either only running and thinking about running and nothing else. They mix nicely together. You just have to plan ahead. You have to have some foresight into what's going on and not just, you can't willy nilly marathon training. You can't, you have to have structure. Otherwise it will take over your life. So I think that people don't realize they just need some foresight about what they're doing and running and marathon training. Life can coexist. People don't have to have all or nothing. You can have, you can have it together. You can, you can have happiness, get your sleep and you won't be cranky. That's what's really important with all that. You can have it because you'll think better because you're getting it ahead and planning plan. You, you can have your cake and eat it too, basically. Yeah, is what you're and saying. you can, yes, you can. You can <laughs> eat more cake. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so guys, just recapping what we really talked about today, just to kind of put a little bow on, on this, I'd like to kind of bring it full circle uh, for you is we really talked about like 16 week marathon training for beginners and, you know, being able to train for that 16 weeks and making sure your body's prepared for that 16 week training cycle. And we mentioned, you know, find your why, like have expectations that are realistic. Think about getting your mind in the proper place for training and having the right mindset. Um, we talked about strength training in order to run and do your marathon training. And we talked about what that looks like. How many days should we be strength training? Um, what exercises I shared resource, um, with you about strength training for runners, um, talked about, you know, how much you should eat when training for a marathon and nutrition, you know, basics for running. Uh, we talked about the importance of rest and recovery as part of the training. Um, we talked about what are the basic things we need gear wise, right? Like what are the essentials that we need to run our first uh, marathon? And we talked about the run plan and how many days a week should we be running? What types of runs, how fast we should be running, right? We talked about the importance of the easy run being easy going on RPE and reading and perceived exertion. We talked about the importance of getting in those long runs. Um, we talked about some of kind of the philosophy on what that long run should be when you peak in your training. We talked about tapering. Um, yeah, we covered a lot of great, great tips here. And then we really talked about our race day blueprint to get you guys prepared for the actual race day of the race. Um, so if you guys are, you know, really looking to be able to implement all these strategies and, you know, you've been struggling in the past, maybe you've done a marathon or two and you've like totally blew up, right? Either you cramped up, you know, or you just had no energy. Um, you just had to walk, you know, the rest of the marathon. Um, you feel like you really didn't hit your potential or your goals or really what you can give at a marathon. Um, and you know, you are looking for guidance about what we talked about and a little more specificity, or maybe you have more specific, um, things going on in your life 
whether it is you got a crazy work and family schedule and you're really wondering, can this work and run a marathon? Like that's what we specialize in our personalized one-on-one healthy runner coaching program where we provide you that structure and support and accountability, right? So we kind of lay that all out for you, take away the guesswork of your run plan, your strength plan. um, And we're with you every step of the way. So whether or not you want to work with coach Latoya um, or any of the coaches, amazing coaches on our team, um, we would love to help you uh, because we love beginner runners. We love seeing you like conquer that first marathon. It's such like an amazing, amazing accomplishment. Again, less than 1% of the population do it, right? And we would love to help you and guide you to, you know, having that feeling that many have felt before and to do it in a healthy way. And then also really going back to like the, how I open this up is not just finishing the marathon, but actually falling in love with running and actually falling in love with the training and being able to like run for longevity and run for the rest of your life and do it in a healthy way. So that's what we're like firm believers in. And we don't like just coach for like races and we don't just run like, you know, this race. And that's why we coach. Like we coach to like change people's lives, right. To make running a part of their lives, make them better, um, alleviate stress, like be the best person they can be and challenge themselves as adults because, let's be honest, like a lot of us are working, we're married, we have kids, we have, maybe we're divorced, right? Maybe we're going through a different life situation. We've lost loved ones in our lives, right? Like we're going through all these journey of life, right? And running is something that can be that like constant that really provides you that mental and physical benefits that help us really, you know, be able to do this thing we call life. And, you know, we just want you guys to be able to experience that for the long run, pun intended, no pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) We talked about the importance of the long run for marathon training, right? I love it. If you guys want to see if you're a good fit to work with coach Latoya or anyone on our team or myself, if you're like battling, you know, IT band syndrome, that one keeps popping in my head uh, because usually that's the injury that for marathon running that 16 mile, 18 mile, that's when that thing freaking creeps up and you get that sharp pain on the outside of your knee. So that's why I specialize in it's getting runners past that and being able to train for the marathon. Um, you can schedule a strategy call with me. We'll see if you're a good fit. Um, this is a low pressure situation. We'll see where you're at. And if it's a good fit for what we do, we talk about what that would look like to work together. Um, And you can simply just schedule that call with me by just going to learn.sparkhealthyrunner.com forward slash coaching, or just click the link in the show notes to wherever you're watching this video or listening to this video during your run. Um, And lastly, before we kind of, you know, sign out here, uh, Coach Latoya, where can our Healthy Runner community um, connect with you if they want to connect with you on the socials? On the socials. Well, I'm, I'm socially running through the streets of Wallingford. You can, <laughs> in Connecticut, you can uh, wave and honk at me. Otherwise, you can find me um, on Instagram. I'm on IG at LLF423. I'm on Facebook, Latoya Felton. And I'd be happy to come follow me. I'll follow you. Friend request me. We'll see how both of our lives intermix and mingle. And, and I'll give you some kudos. You give me some kudos. It'll keep us energized and keep us moving. Yeah. Happy to uh, connect with you guys there. 
Yeah. And you guys can also get special content by coach Latoya within our healthy runner Facebook group in our community. For those listening on the podcast or on YouTube, um, that's our community where all of our coaches every day, we're sharing specific running tips that are going to keep you healthy, get you stronger, run faster, run smarter. Um, so you can do it for longevity, like we had talked about. So you can get coach Latoya within that healthy runner Facebook group as well. Um, so yeah, as always, it's always such a pleasure chatting with you. Thanks again for coming on the show to educate our community and our listeners about marathon training for beginners. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. I appreciate all the, liner, the runners, the ones that are just thinking about it. I'm actually kind of fired up now. It's a little late right now, but I want to go for a run. I'm kind of excited. Yes. Potential is there for so many of us. And I really, really, I just, I can't wait to see how many people can crush 26.2 that didn't think they could because they're a beginner we all got to start somewhere go for it yeah and if you guys who are listening like thank you for listening to this um as always and if you're you know doing it during a run i hope you're having an amazing run right now um and if you're watching the video version within our healthy runner facebook group thanks for tuning in guys if you're watching you know replay there or within youtube like type in like team replay in the comment box let me know you caught this on the replay um i appreciate you guys and if you like this training then you're surely like the next one if you're listening on the podcast you have episode so 105 to learn all about base training and get the specifics of what you should be doing during the first part of your marathon training, or just click the video linked here on YouTube. Um, if you're watching on YouTube and let's maintain a strong mind, a strong body, and just keep running until next time. Hey, healthy runners, have you been listening to this podcast for a while and have been implementing the strategies we talk about on a weekly basis? If so, kudos to you for taking action because we all know those that are successful are those that take action. However, I do talk to many of you runners and you guys are trying to implement the strategies. Maybe you've seen some exercises on my Spark Your Training YouTube channel, but you're just not sure if that is exactly what you should be doing depending upon your situation. So if you're looking for clarity and focus in order to be able to collapse time so you don't have to figure it out all by yourself. That is exactly what we take care of with our team of experts in our one-on-one personalized run coaching program to get you stronger and faster so you can enjoy lifelong injury-free running. What do you get when you sign up for the Healthy Runner Coaching Program? You get 16 weeks of one-to-one run and strength training, coaching, and accountability. You get strategic one-on-one deep dive coaching on a monthly basis. You get focused feedback on your training on a weekly basis. You get the strength program for running resource library and you get lifetime access to that. You also get an online personalized structured run and strength plan. You get a community of like-minded runners and then access to our trusted healthy runner coaching team made up of certified run coaches, a physical therapist, a registered dietitian, and personal trainers and fitness instructors. If you are interested in seeing if you are a good fit to work with myself or anyone on our team, then just head to sparkyourtraining.com forward slash coaching. Check out the behind the scenes video tour of the program and hear from runners just like you who have been through our program before. We would love to provide you the clarity on what you should be focusing on in your training, whether it is 
getting stronger with strength training, the specific types of runs you should be doing, or the nutrition you should be fueling your body with for those runs. If you're ready to get the support and accountability you need to take action and put the work in, then I would love to hop on a call with you to see if you're a good fit for a one-on-one healthy runner coaching program. Just head to sparkyourtraining.com forward slash coaching and get signed up for your enrollment strategy call with me today. Thanks so much for listening. And if you found this content valuable, here's four ways I can help you grow as a runner for free. One, grab a free copy of my Spark Blueprint at programs.sparkyourtraining.com. Two, follow my Instagram page at sparkyourtraining. Three, join my free group by searching Healthy Runner in Facebook. Four, subscribe to my YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash sparkyourtraining. Five, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more influential runners and bring those lessons back to you here. Don't forget, hit the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts or the follow button on Spotify so you don't miss the next episode of Healthy Runner to help you get stronger, faster, so you can enjoy lifelong injury-free running. Lastly, if you are ready to invest in becoming a lifelong injury-free runner and want one-on-one structure, accountability, and support, from our Healthy Runner coaching team, check out the behind the scenes video tour of our coaching program and the stories from many of our athletes who are struggling with the same sticking points that you are right now. Just head to programs.sparkyourtraining.com forward slash coaching. Thank you again. And I mean it from the bottom of my heart that I appreciate you for listening. Now go and crush your run today.